0: Welcome to Brazilian Politics, the podcast where three political analysts talk about all things Brazilian politics. This week, we will discuss the government transition and the new Bolsonaro cabinet team. Welcome to Brazilian Politics. I'm Michael Lopez, and I am joined by my colleagues, Lucas and Thiago Aragão. How are you guys doing today?
1: Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Mike.
2: Hello, Lucas.
0: All right. So the elections happened. We have a new president. Jair Bolsonaro was elected with 55% of valid votes uh, this past Sunday. Uh, Let's start things off by discussing what what can we expect from the the government transition, the transition to the Bolsonaro team.
1: Michael, this is Lucas. Uh, I had the chance to be with President Temer on the night of the election I went to the Alvorada Palace, which is the official residence of the president. And I spoke to President Temer, who who confirmed that one of the key priorities from now until the end of the year is to give Jair Bolsonaro the most absolute transparency and effortless transition in the history of our democracy. He has prepared a a, a system called government or something in in a government e or something like that uh, with the objective of organizing all public policies all fiscal issues uh, all future uh, spending of the government to have a very smooth transition transition i don't expect problems and on the economic side there is already uh some some agreements between both teams you can see for instance Paulo Guedes from yesterday to today, speaking about two of his priorities that are also uh, Tamer's priorities, including the pension reform, which is a constitutional amendment, and uh, the formal autonomy of the central bank, which is a bill of law, which has been in discussion in the in the house for quite
2: some time now. Michael, um, the transition, the period of transition from one government to another, is always complicated. It's even more so when you, a new president is going through a transition in which his platform, his narrative, and his expectations are completely the opposite of what we had in the last 16 years. We have to see that the formation and the bureaucratic uh, environment in Brazil is the one that has been shaped by the past 16 years with uh, public servants used to that type of administration with uh, thousands of positions in the executive that were linked either directly or indirectly to the previous administrations. And now Bolsonaro, he needs to to arrive with something completely new. And the the months from, from now, actually from the day that he was elected until the day that he takes office, is not only a month for him to organize his initial agenda, his planning for the first 100 days, but also to determine in a very careful manner, how the, the, the usage of the Brazilian bureaucracy and the adaptation of the Brazilian bureaucracy to this new mindset will be made. And I think that this is one of the biggest challenges that he has right now. Paulo Guedes and, and his immediate team, they have a very clear view of what they want to do. But they also have to transmit this view to a huge environment full of people that has not been used to the views that they're bringing in, I believe that they will have some difficulties in finding positions for the most part of the of the government for key positions uh, with individuals who are more aligned with their mindset than anything else.
0: And and uh, you know, Jair Bolsonaro has already put his stamp on this uh, transition effort. Um, he is, uh, as the new president-elect, he is allowed to have a, a 50-person team to, to deal with this transition to the new government. And in line with his uh, campaign promises to reduce bureaucracy, he said that he will not require uh, an entire 50. Um, in his first interview uh, given after his election, uh, given to Heiji Hekor, Um, He said that he's had a very good conversation with President Michel Temer, and he will travel to Brasilia next week uh, personally to to speak with President Temer and to to handle the transition. Now, as far as the economic agenda, you both mentioned Paulo Guedes and uh, the the two top priority bills, uh, both pension reform and uh, autonomy of the central bank. If we could just focus on pension reform uh, for a second, We've had some disagreements in in Bolsonaro's camp about pension reform. We had Paulo Guedes saying that it's a top priority and they... Could use Michel Temer's proposal, which is currently in the lower house floor, awaiting a first round vote. And then we had Bolsonaro's future chief of staff Onyx Lonzoni saying that there's no way that they could use Michel Temer's proposal for the Bolsonaro pension reform effort. Who wins in the in these in this kind of scenario? Who has the the final say? in regard to pension reform specifically?
1: Well, the final say is obviously Bolsonaro, but Paulo Guedes and Onyx seem to be on the the, the same page as of the end of the day. Both appeared in public together after Guedes saying that Onyx is a politician speaking about economy, therefore he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's the same thing as if Guedes were talking about politics. Uh, But obviously pension reform is a, a priority and something that will not let go easily, uh, even if uh, Gadges or sorry, if Onyx were to say that it's not a priority anymore, it's definitely a priority. Something that 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 Gage's, uh, put as uh, unnegotiable for his presence in the government. That said, I think that there is a very slim chance, maybe less than ten percent, of a pension reform being fully approved in the Congress this year, but I think that there is a reasonable chance, maybe something around uh, 30, a little bit more, uh, of having it approved only in the House. Uh, Regarding governability, it's interesting that Bolsonaro and the current president of the House, Rodrigo Maia, had a conversation, and one of the, the, the variables for Maia to be considered as a president of the House next year is if he delivers the pension reform at least in the House of Representatives. So there's a great motivation for Rodrigo Maia to work hard until the end of the year to give at least uh, a part of the pension reform, which is currently in the House
2: awaiting vote, and then it would go to the Senate. And uh, going in that line, it's imperative that at least something advances this year in relation to the pension reform, because The pension reform next year is something that requires a dual construction. First is the construction inside the executive, the construction between Geddes and his team coming up with a a reform that they understand that it's viable and at the same time tackles the problem. Second, this reform, uh, this plan being delivered to the presidential palace to be transformed into a strategy, a strategy of bringing in the necessary votes. And third, the action in the legislative uh, to get these votes working. Right now, Bolsonaro, he has a majority, but he will need to bring the votes of the independents in order to approve such reform. So this requires negotiation and this re- requires skills that uh, are based and, and should be coordinated mostly by the civil house inside the presidential palace then
0: necessarily inside the, uh, the Ministry of Finance. Uh, that that's a good point, point. and I think we also have to keep in mind that Michel Temer ran a communication campaign in favor of pension reform with the current parliamentarians that uh, either were not elected or, or will not return to the next legislature. So it's smart for the Bolsonaro camp to use the proposal that is already in the lower house. And just to give uh, our, our listeners some context, uh, the proposal that's in the lower house can be altered. And in effect, it can be fully redrafted without having to return to the Constitution and Justice Committee and the special committee. So just to give a, a quick oversight of the uh, congressional progress for approval of a constitutional amendment. Uh, First, it's examined in the Constitution and Justice Committee of the Lower House, then in a special committee of the Lower House before it moves to the Lower House floor for two rounds of voting. It's currently in the Lower House floor. Once it's approved in a two-round vote, it would move to the Senate where it's analyzed in the Constitution and Justice Committee of the Senate and then moves to the Senate floor for a two-round final vote uh, on the matter. Now, uh, I think uh, moving on to uh, Bolsonaro's uh, ministerial cabinet team, um, we have a few confirmed uh, positions, and then we have several rumors about potential members of of the Bolsonaro team. I wanted to get your take on what we have so far for a future Bolsonaro administration.
2: Well, uh, Michael, a future Bolsonaro administration is still being tailored right now. The names are being gathered, the names are being worked um, it is uh, several speculations going, going in the press, but what we can see is that the, the economic team is being formed. Uh, Paulo Guedes will be some s- uh, sort of super minister in which uh, the budget, planning, and apparently even uh, foreign commerce will be under his control, under his spectrum. Uh, Also, we can see that inside the presidential palace, we already have the name of Onyx Lorenzoni to lead the civil house, which is basically the prime minister's office in terms of organizing and giving the agility and coordination between all the ministries. We still have to see the other names that will be part of the strategic team inside the, the, the presidential palace. And we have also some other names occupying uh, some ministries that do not directly interfere in the the structural uh, measures that the president has to approve, such as the pension reform and the tax reform.
0: And if I could just uh, complement what what Thiago just said, um, we we did receive confirmation today that the Ministry of Finance, the Ministry of Planning and the Ministry of Industry Development and Foreign Commerce will be merged into a super ministry of uh, the economy. Um, and aside from uh, Paulo Guedes and Onyx Lorenzoni in the civil house, uh, we also have General uh, General Augusto Heleno as the uh, minister of defense with the defense ministry incorporating the public security ministry. We also had confirmation that the ministry of agriculture would incorporate uh, the ministry of the environment. So we, we're seeing Bolsonaro keeping his promise of reducing uh, the federal machine and uh, in in reducing the federal machine, I think the feedback from voters that, that supported his campaign will be positive.
1: And the good news as well for the market is that the central bank is almost confirmed that Elon Goldfein will be kept as the central bank governor, the central bank president. Another news that will probably reverberate well among the market is that the secretary of the treasury, one of the most experienced and seasoned a fiscal economist in Brazil, Mansueto Almeida. I think the trend is that he will also be kept under a Guedes super minister. Um,
0: now, I, I wanted to focus a little bit on the figure of of Onyx Lorenzoni and the role of the civil house in in coordinating uh, the relationship and engaging in negotiations with the National Congress. For a few uh, governments now, we've seen that the, the civil house role has been separated from this actual political articulation and uh, negotiation. For example, in, in Temer's current administration, we have Carlos Marun in charge of political negotiation with uh, Eliseo Padilla as the uh, civil house uh, minister. Is it likely that we'll see something like this in, in Bolsonaro's administration, or do you think that onyx Lorenzoni will likely take uh, care of of both of these jobs since the civil house will incorporate the government secretariat and the secretariat of the presidency in a Bolsonaro administration.
1: It is still unclear, Michael, but it seems that Bolsonaro sees in onyx this figure of a negotiator, uh, which is something that not necessarily is what the civil house, the chief of staff, should be be doing. Uh, The civil house in a a simplified matter is almost as the CEO of the government he's responsible for organizing all the public policies that come uh, from that comes from the other ministries uh, and organizing the demands from the other ministries and defining the priorities so it's almost like a chief operational officer or a CEO in, in, in some source and in recent terms of the presidency you've had a uh, situation where the civil house, civil house, and the negotiation with the government were completely separated. In, separated in the Lula government, the civil house had some names, including Juma Hussefi, uh, for a period, uh, and the negotiation was under a seasoned congressman. In Lula's uh, example, was José Múcio Monteiro, currently at the audit court. So it's still unclear, but I do have a sense that Bolsonaro sees an onyx. A figure of a negotiator, not a figure of the organizer. I think that as the the government advances in January, February, March, there will be uh, some reshuffles of of, of how the organization of the presidency will look like. I don't think that the presidency that we'll see in January will necessarily be the presidency that we'll see in June, for instance. I think there will be trial and errors, attempts to reach this uh, more... Uh, organized and efficient design.
2: And also, um, I've been talking with the financial market in New York mainly and and London as well uh, exhaustively over the past days. And right now, this is the number one question of them. They understand that uh, Paulo Guedes can actually produce a very good uh, reform and good plans and, and that the construction of the policies in the executive end tend to be uh, good in terms of format. But this is a very good point raised by Lucas. Uh, Onyx is not a negotiator. And their number one doubt is who will be this guy? Who will be the interlocutor? Who will be the negotiator who will translate the message? And this is what gives, uh, and not only the the, the market or society, but this is what will give the, the government itself the tranquility to enter a streak of victories, the streak of approvals, that will give them the necessary confidence to alter conjectural measures, which are the measures that are more of direct satisfaction to society, with structural measures, which are measures that are more of necessity to society. And this is an alternance that is key for the government to, to survive, the key for the government to maintain itself strong, But above anything else, he needs a negotiator, he needs an interlocutor.
0: Now, for for the final segment, I just wanted to to talk a little bit about governability in general and some of the signs that we've had from Bolsonaro as the president-elect, as opposed to just the candidate. Bolsonaro has been criticized for trying to come up with a, a new strategy of using thematic caucuses to gather support. Um, and uh, was criticized for not giving enough importance to to political parties and the traditional system of uh, Brazilian politics. But something that we've seen is that, first of all, we've seen Bolsonaro mention governability several times, specifically in his first interview as president-elect. And we also had him reinforce the idea that he does not want his PSL federal congressional representatives to vie for the presidency of the lower house, uh, that uh, he would want a more experienced politician uh, running the, the presidency of the lower house. Is this reason to be optimistic about about Bolsonaro's view of Brazil's coalition presidentialism and his ability to both build and maintain a coalition?
2: Yes, yes. This is one of the initial reasons for us to be optimistic in, in, in Bolsonaro achieving the governability that he wants and that the country needs. But achieving governability and sustaining governability is like juggling several dishes at the same time. It's not only the relationship with the legislative, uh, which on itself, it's an entire world because you have to manage several different parties, several different regional leaderships, geographical leaderships within those parties that uh, is something complicated to do by itself. Second, the the dialogue and the prevention of friendly fire within the executive is something that also adds to the governability of, of a country. And third. The relation with civil society, opinion makers, the press, foreign affairs, and all those other things, they are it's imperative that they are smooth to the point that it does not affect or contaminate other areas such as the legislative.
1: I think, Michael, that in the beginning of the government there will be no problem achieving a, a simple majority. Uh, but this will always be uh question when you have long uh sorry uh, uh, big votes including the pension reform the good news in terms of governability is that the the, the battles that await uh, bolsonaro they are not going to happen on the early stage so there is a, a time for uh, for for adaptation um when in, in a in a comparison to sports or basketball soccer whatever It's like he's starting a tournament, but it's not yet playoff season. It's just a regular season where he can lose maybe a few games here and there and still get back on track. The pension reform, for instance, and other important votes do have moments of discussion in committees, uh, on informal discussions with with leaders. So I think there will be time for, for, for Bolsonaro to adjust his dialogue. But there will be a time... Um, maybe after the election of the president of the house in February, so beginning in the in, in beginning of works in the committees, maybe around February and March, that he will have to have a very good design of who's who, who influences who, and a roadmap for success. So I think January, February are times of, of adaptation, and as of March, Bolsonaro's governability will be uh, actually tested with the day to day of the the National Congress.
0: Well, that'll do it for us for this week. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you, Thiago. And thank you especially to our listeners for for tuning in. Uh, I invite you once again to tune in next week for more discussions on Brazilian politics. Thank you.